gentlemen, you are both drunk on cosmic wine. Welcome to the show. I'm Dr. Mark Sylvester. And I'm Dr. Richard Schulman. This, this is, is All Psych. Hi, everybody. I'm Dr. Richard Schulman, and there's my cohort, Dr. Mark Sylvester, and we are Alt Psych. Now, <laughs> you know, I, I had this idea of talking to Mark and knowing him for many years and trying to figure out what can we bring to our viewers that they just can't get in a lot of other places. And what do we love? Well, we love non-ordinary minds. Yeah, um, and for years um, we we watched X Files, and we we read all kinds of interesting books, and we've been inspired. And when we started making a list of all the things that we could talk about, well, we ran out of pens, so yeah. we, we had to uh, print it out on on computer paper. There are so many things that we would like to bring you. So, Dr. Mark Sylvester, how did you get interested in, or, in Non-Ordinary Mind? So, Non-Ordinary Mind, we're gonna be talking about a lot of different topics, so to just keep you in suspense, well, yeah, what, what got me interested in consciousness, I guess, in the mind and its ability to manifest different perceptions, different realities, different interpretations, um, different abilities unexplained phenomenon probably with me and we've talked about it on the show before probably my earliest memory was you know falling on a tree out of out of a tree on my head when i was six and being knocked out um and having a, a classic uh, near-death experience um <laughs> that probably was one of the most powerful, certainly earliest uh, reasons why I got interested in consciousness, because I think most people tend to think their consciousness is what they're feeling right now. It's, it's what I like to call consensus reality. You, you and I agree that we're in cyberland. we're in virtual cyberspace. You certainly uh, are right at this moment. Yeah, uh, and if we got someone else in here, they would probably uh, agree with it too, that, yeah. I'm reality, you're reality, he, she's reality, that color is blue. Um, there's a, a general consensus. Watch, I'm gonna change my name, bam. Um, <laughs> Good one, see? So when, when someone has an experience that doesn't fit that model, that's intriguing, that's intriguing to me. And for me personally, that probably started with my own uh, classical near-death experience and experiencing a sentience and a consciousness uh, discrete from consensus reality, but it's really not too far off because people do experience non-ordinary states all the time, right? Like daydreaming or nightmares. Um, Knowing who's on the phone before it calls, before it rings. Certain precognition, uh, inspiration, epiphanies. Uh, there's all kinds of things that people have experienced, deja vu themselves, that are variants. We would leave the house as kids come back and all the lights would be on, and my father would go, well, that's just your grandmother letting us know she's around, you know? We, we had a house like that too, the second house I lived in. We were absolutely positive we would leave and the lights would be all off and we'd even joke about it, pulling out as a family to dinner. Okay, look, the lights are all off, come back and they were on. Um, yeah. 
later turned out there was a hobo living in our house and we never no i'm just kidding it was definitely Um, a ghost and my my parents were um far more psychic than they advertised um my father was one of the most psychic people i ever met he never acted like it but i was out of the country sounds like someone i know yeah i know uh he was i was out of the country for about a year and you know you couldn't call then like you can now and I tried for like a week to call them and say, well, this is when I have a flight, meet me at Kennedy Airport. I was, and finally, you know, I couldn't get through and I got on the plane and halfway, I was halfway across the ocean. My father woke up my mother in the middle of the night and said, you know, he's coming home tomorrow. She said, we haven't heard from him in months. How do you know? He said, well, I just know. And there's a lot of that um, uh, kind of thing in my life, in my uh, family of origin. But I got to tell you, what actually got me activated all, in all this was a book called Flying Saucer's Serious Business by a guy named Frank Edwards. And I, I must have been about 10 or 11. And I read this book and I was blown away by the idea. And I started looking up, you know, looking up at the sky, trying to find one, you know. I, I, and uh, later on in life, I did, but not as a kid. It activated me to, that there was a whole different way of looking at things, that there was a, a perspective that was beyond what we were told. And then, you know, the 60s rolled around and, you know, and there was the, the drug culture and an alternative culture, which... Um, which was you missed open. out on, no? Um, yeah, actually, I was not a really good hippie because I really liked to shower. I find that disappointing. Well, okay, I'm, I'm cool with that. I, I forgive I, you. Thank you so much. Um, I'm just saying, if I lived through the '60s, look at all these things that we were we were that we're interested in now. We're starting to, you know, be talked about uh, in in the alternative culture. Well, now it's you know it became kind of mainstream with TV shows like the one we said X Files, and there was the Twilight Zone and Outer Limits, and which was earlier. That that actually impacted me a lot. Uh, Amazing Uh, Stories was another one. Yeah. So the, the media was, was out there bringing this to us. And I was a science fiction guy at, yeah, as a too. kid. You know, so to me, you know, reading the Martian Chronicles, me reading uh, Foundation Trilogy, reading the Dune series when I was young, really impacted me. And actually, it was more interesting than, than you know, the stuff that we were seeing. Star Trek and Star Wars was a very big deal. Um, when I was younger, Star Trek, when it first came out, it, well, we had the space program too. So things started changing back then, but they changed in terms of our conscious, consciousness, our conscious awareness that there was a bigger world, a world beyond the ordinary uh, nine to five stuff or just go to school and come home. So, Dr. Shulman, why are we talking about this now? Well, number one, we love this stuff, okay? And it means something to us. And we want to share, we want to share ideas with people that hopefully will jolt them into understanding that there's a bigger world out there and maybe healing some of the divisions that we see out in in the society. You know, Buddhism, and I like Buddhism. I studied with a, with a Buddhist scholar for a couple of years. 
And he actually said to me, you know, anything that doesn't fit with your experience of life, throw away. And I said, what kind of religion is this? You can throw stuff away, you know, if it doesn't work for you. But he basically talked about three antidotes, that nothing is permanent. We have to deal with impermanence. We have to deal with the idea that there's no one reason for anything that's dependent co-arising, and that we're really not separate egos. And that's the key. Everything we do interacts with everybody else. And when we realize that, some of these things that we're going to talk about in non-ordinary mind become real, even though we can't exactly measure them. Well, and our, our loyal viewer, viewers, um, hashtag mom, uh, will remember last week that we talked about kind of what we can do now as a nation to heal is to really be thinking logically, independently, and really be focusing on ourselves, understanding consciousness, expanding consciousness, to make better judgments that aren't fear-based, that aren't fear-centered. Um, but, uh, but also, wait, before you go on that, the judgments have, a, have heart and mind involved. It isn't just logic, you know, but what happens in our culture is when we get stressed, we, we split logic and emotion and the emotion that comes out is fear and rage rather mm -hmm. than a tenderness and, and a wish to really connect with people and listen to them. So our hope that by talking, you know, in this series, The Non-Ordinary Mind, by talking about consciousness and all of its different expressions and forms, it will help recenter center people, reconnect them to a power greater themselves, help ground them into making uh, less emotional or purely logical uh, and more balanced decisions, because now is a great time of awakening. You know, we talked about it last week, uh, and I truly believe things are darkest before dawn, and we're either in the second wave or coming up on the second wave. So everybody get their pens and start taking some freaking notes, because we got some future topics of discussion. Like, there's some great ones here. You, mm -hmm. you, want, me, you want me to start hitting you with some, Rich? These are good. Well, well I want to hit you with one before you start hitting with yeah. me, because I've worked with a lot of patients who had near-death experiences. Almost to a person, they came back looking at life as either precious or meaningful or the reason they came back. And they came back without a fear of death, most of them. And they came back wanting to help their, their families or their communities or whatever. Altruism, yeah. Yeah. Um, they didn't come back with, with a, most, none of my people came back with a vision of hell. They all no, but hellish NDEs do, are described that do exist, interestingly. I, I'm sure, that, I'm sure there, there are people who do, but I haven't met them. The people that, that had near-death experiences that I talked to come back with a wonderment and a oneness about what's important and what gives life meaning. In the end, all these things that we're going to talk about, now you can start hitting me. Um, um, yeah, um, are really about connecting us and bringing meeting, bringing meaning and meeting, I guess, too. And my, my phrase uh, that I love so much is bringing calm to the chaos. That's what we're here to do, brother. And, you know, you were talking before about books that influence your understanding. Um, the, I, have, I have key ones. I have significant ones. 
I know that our viewers have a copious amount of time because they're on house arrest and, and now unemployed and, you know, considering eating the house family house cat, but um, we're going to give them a reading list here too. So that they just burn through a couple dozen books before next week. But one of the earliest ones I remember was Raymond Moody's uh, seminal book, uh, many, or, uh, 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 near death experiences. Uh, yes where he coined the, 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 the original phrase. Well, I can't remember his original book now. Um, life After Life. Um, yeah. That was his, his first book. That was a very powerful book to me. Uh, probably the reason I'm married to my wife right now was, was the Brian Weiss book, Many Lives, Many Masters, who we both happened to coincidentally be reading the same week that we went on our first date. And I took that very much as a, a synchronicity type of sign um, that book really opened me up to thinking outside of the uh, scientific rigors and, and my dogmatic approach and, and wiring and training of, of what I had learned up until that point. Um, a ton well, of many, books. many lives, many masters. Um, first of all, my, my parents actually told me I should read that book. They had uh, met Brian Weiss in Miami. Um, I met a guy, uh, he recently just died out in Phoenix named Jim Mead, who taught me past life regression therapy. And I, I called uh, Dr. Weiss and I somehow got past his receptionist and he was very kind to me. And you know, he's more than kind because it's because of Brian Weiss that I know you. Whoa, you just blew my skull, man. You didn't know that? Because Brian Weiss uh, connected me with you. Oh, that's mom. right. You know, and it's funny because when she showed up, she said, well, I was referred to you by Dr. Weiss. And I said, I don't know who you're, I don't know who Dr. <laughs> Weiss. She says, well, he seems to know you. And I went, you mean nice. Dr. Brian Weiss? And you know, you're, you're one of the most important people that I've ever met in my life in terms of my own karma. Um, and the, the idea that we would both be affected by this book, I would call him up. 3,000 miles, I was in California then, and I, I want to know, you know, how he did this from a practical point of view. And I wind up, you know, meeting one of my best friends of my entire life, you know, is pretty amazing. You meet your wife through this thing. I meet you. There's a lot of karma. Uh, yeah. in this. And um, that's another thing we can talk about in terms of... Uh, oh, it's on the list, buddy. I, I know, I know. It's wonderful. But, you know, we were talking last week, remember, about meaning and finding meaning right now and it being really a compass to help people out of the uh, squirrel turd that is 2020. And Viktor Frankl's is, is an excellent book to read right now, Man's Search for Meaning, um, really boils the crucible of a bunch of crap going all, along and around and affecting this guy and what, what he learned out of it. And then, of course, introduction to logotherapy. Um, Stanislav Grof was a, a big, you know, he actually turned out to be a psychiatrist. I was interested in him long before I was even considering being a doctor because uh, it was very, very intelligent, insightful theories, work, ideas, evidence. Um, very, very interesting guy. That was a big influencer for me. You and I both love Ram Das. God rest his soul. Um, Ram Dass was, was kind of at the beginning of consciousness expansion for me because one of my college uh, buddies kind of was, was a big Ram Dass guy and he gave me the book Be Here Now. And, yep, uh, sitting that, in a Roma bookshelf. And, and, but the book that, that Ram Dass wrote that really affected me was The Only Dance There Is. Uh, 
where he got more, it was more uh, thoughtful about Eastern, uh, Eastern perceptions of consciousness and reality. And that really, you know, um, spoke to me. Uh, to be honest, actually, the Beatles had already started that idea in my head that that was worth looking at. But Ramdas, you know, uh, put words to it that wasn't just music. It was really quite wonderful. You know, so we're going to be talking about so many cool things. And I guess that's the thing. I want to have <laughs> conversations that if you were at a party and you heard someone talking about this, you would go, oh, man, I want to listen to that conversation. You know, oh, yeah, that's like dreams and uh, astral projection, remote viewing and ESP. This is cool stuff. Yeah, that's a, that's a great way to think about it. I like that that cocktail party. I got to give lip service to a bunch of other great authors. Um, oh, please do. Let me let me just read them because I, I want people to know what what vibe we're we're getting at here. I you know when you and I have talked a lot about John Lilly, he he was very influential. Um, in my readings as well. Of course, uh, The Brave New World by Aldous, Aldous Huxley, uh, excellent book. Uh, anything Melvin Morris was very similar to Raymond Moody. Uh, Maurice Rawlings was similar. Um, uh, Cleansing the Doors of Perception by Houston Smith. Very, another guy who recently died. I had dinner with him out in Berkeley, my wife and I, a couple years ago. Fascinating individual, excellent book. Uh, Bruce Grayson, you know, I did, of course, uh, a fellowship and, and published some research on near-death experiences up at the University of Virginia. I was also into a lot of physics books like Michio Kaku, um, Rick Strassman, you and I have talked about. He wrote, of course, about the endogenous uh, 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 pineal molecule DMT and kind of its role in, in non-ordinary states. Uh, Robert Bruce, uh, Terrence McKenna, uh, Elizabeth Kubler-Ross on death and dying was very influential. Carlos Castaneda on dreaming and Don Juan. All of these were kind of what I was reading in my formidable years that really got me interested in consciousness. Now, none of this I could say to the admission committee on medical school about why in the hell an engineer was applying to medicine, because that, yeah. that was a tough transition. But the truth is, jokes on you, med school, this was the reason, this was the real why. I wanted to learn more about the mind, the brain, and, and humanity and consciousness. See, so, my world went in a different way. My, um, my father was very focused on me becoming a medical doctor and I just wasn't interested. I was interested in this. I was interested in what made people tick. And I remember reading a biography of Freud, believe it or not, talking about a weird little kid. At eight years old, there was, a, there was Ernie Pyle, war correspondent, Lou Gehrig, the Iron Horse, and Sigmund Freud, something about the mind, I can't remember. And I read all three and I, I saw the Freud thing and I went, I'm gonna do that. And I forgot my tweet coat today. But um, so Freud, even though I'm not a Freudian, the whole idea that dreams were important really resonated with me. Uh, that dreams could tell you something. And I mean, I've sort of gone down a lot of dream interpretation theories. Now I just think it's stories we tell ourselves about ourselves in, in symbols. But finding out that there were symbols that go across cultures and across time was so cool to me. And Very I think eerie. that the, the idea of, of almost, uh, like Mick Jagger once said, catch your dreams before they slip away. 
I can't get yes. no satisfaction. Is that the one you're thinking of? No, no. Well, that was a different one. That was actually more fun. That was good. Goodbye, Ruby Tuesday. Um, uh, don't question well, why she needs to be so free. She'll tell you it's the only way to be. Really great poetry. Um, in any event, I mean, for me, I went down a slightly different road, but they, they fit together really well. Um, Milton Erickson's hypnotic realities knocked me over. I mean, and Erickson is in sort of my, uh, my uh, what do you call it, um, lineage, my psychological lineage. Hmm. My teacher was taught by, uh, Sheldon Starr was taught by Jay Haley, was taught by Milton Erickson, so it's in my, my lineage, but Erickson was great. Reading about Kabbalah, Carlos Suarez, the cipher of Genesis, just blew my mind. Um, some of the Buddhist stuff, um, uh, Dilgo Kensei's Heart of Compassion, um, Chögyam Trungpa's Crazy Wisdom. I just ate that stuff like it was Or the candy. Tibetan Book of the Dead. Absolutely. Um, and then other things like poetry, Rumi. Rumi was oh, yeah. very powerful for me. Yeah. Um, the Bhagavad Gita. Yeah. Uh, so such such beauty. It was powerful um, for Oppenheimer too. Okay, I'll I'll give him that. Um, Rudolf Steiner, I don't know, uh, the Theosophist, uh, George Gurdjieff, meetings with remarkable men was very powerful. I feel like I uh, I'm around that all the time. Um, sh the Way of the Shaman by Michael Harner affected me tremendously. Oh, Gopi Krishna's Living with Kundalini, <laughs> that. <laughs> that opened up a world because uh, some of my patients were having these experiences. They couldn't, they couldn't explain them. You know, they seemed psychotic, and uh, and I stumbled over this, and I went, I think it's what's going on here. Well, we yeah. got a whole show on Kundalini coming up. A absolutely. Um, and chi, Kundalini and chi, I believe it is. There you go. Um, Robert Monroe's Journeys Out of the Body. I yeah. Think Journeys Outside the Body the whole idea of astral projection and, and having that experience myself, you know, and not knowing just what happened. And then I read this book and I went, oh, that's what happened. It was kind of nice to have. And I, I think that that's part, another part of the reason that, we, that I want to do this is because people have these experiences and they think they're crazy. You know, there was a study, 55% of people after they lose their spouse will report a visitation. Mm -hmm. But almost nobody talks about it because they don't want to be seen as crazy. Same thing with uh, deathbed visions and terminal lucidity. Plug for, for that show, too. Okay. We got, we got a lot getting of Getting involved in, in hypnosis was a big deal for me. Altered states of consciousness, the, the whole idea that you could use hypnosis to heal rather than giving someone a pill. Very, very powerful idea for me. And some of these things, you know, things that I've seen in my practice, um, now they call it dissociative identity disorder. It used to be called multiple personality. I learned more from that dissociative identity disorder patient than any class I ever took in graduate school. If you want to learn about human consciousness, that's a really good place to go. Well, luckily um, for our viewers, we have a show on dissociative disorders too. We do. We, do. we have a lot of cool. We have a lot of cool uh, stuff. Yeah. Uh, Why don't we get the viewers' beaks wet a little bit here? 
Okay. Give them a little preview of what, what we got going on in our, in our gray matters. Uh, <laughs> hang on a second. Are you sitting down? No, I, I'm, I'm sort of hovering here. No, I had a, a patient is, is, uh, we're doing, we're doing a live show here. There's hysterically, you know, saying, where are you? And I said, you know, just chill. There's hundreds great. of thousands of people hanging on our every word right now. I agree. They may all be in the astral plane, but what the heck? Um, as long as they hit that like button. It's, it's, a, it's another show. Um, so, oh. You well, yeah, we're, going, we're going into the, um, into, into the uh, spiritual world is what we're doing with this. We're going into the non-ordinary mind. Let me find some spiritual world stuff. Uh, let's see, we got a show here uh, on ESP and precognition. We, we got a show here uh, on religious and transpersonal experiences. And thanks to all our viewers for giving us such brilliant input and ideas and uh, thoughts for future shows and um, critiques and condiscerning judgment. Oh, I mean, never mind. Uh, we did a show on collective unconscious. Check that out. We will do um, more. Spiritual, you know, here's one. We were going to talk about spirits, ghosts, phantasms. That'll be fun. That'll be very X-Filesy. Um, how about uh, lucid dreaming? Ooh, I like that one. I, anything with dreaming works for me. My band is Dreamwalkers. I'm Dr. Dreamwalker. How about automatisms? That's a why, That's a fun one. You know, automatic writing and oh yeah, we talked a little bit about that with our music therapy as well too. Right. Um, how about uh, past life regression and soul well, trauma? We, we we already talked about that, and we and it's fascinating. Yeah, but we're going uh, deeper. We're doing a whole show on it. We go right down the rabbit hole, and you know, people who are interested in psychedelics might want to tune in. Well, we they want to definitely tune in to our psychedelics and nootropics show. Um, we got trance and chanting, the re reincarnation and the concept of an afterlife, the Akashic records or, um, religious, uh, uh, allegorical models, uh, you know, St. Peter and his book, um, monarch programming, MK ultra, you know, we use, use consciousness as weapons. There, oh, remote viewing. Remote viewing. Remote viewing. Mentors was remember that movie, The Men Who Stare at Goats. Yes. One of my one of my mentors was involved in that. As I say, it's a true story. He said it was very close to uh, to the truth, except that the stuff he knew was more radical than the movie. Um, holotropic breath work, runners high and ecstasy, creativity and hypnosis. How about hypnagogy and hypnopompy? Big inspiration of invention for uh, Edison and uh, and and uh, Tesla. Ironically, it was one of the things they shared in common. Um, well, you and I were talking the other uh, the other night about it's much easier to be creative, you know, it, you know, in the middle of the night when the energy is. Low. We were talking about that last night when we were that working on the show. Everything's a blur, you know. <laughs> It's all one big day. At four in the morning, please somebody click the subscribe button. Jesus. <laughs> That's all the time we have for this week. For today. No, um, you hope, we hope that uh, everyone will uh, not only tune in, but if you have something non-ordinary and you know, mind you want us to uh, 
like I don't know if I can do. Oh that. yeah, no, keep the keep the comments coming, keep the requests coming. I we got lots more. I just you know, there it is. Oh oh, you can't see because the papers turn around backwards and it's list. He's got the list. I got a list. Okay. <laughs> what I would say as we wrap up, because uh, people are yelling at me to to you know do the things do. Be here now, man. Eckhart Tolle at this um, moment. <laughs> Tune him out. Tune in. Drop out. Wake up. That's Timothy Leary. Yeah, well, there's, you know, I don't know about Timothy Leary, but um, really Leary. Um, Leary of Leary? We're waking up now. This is okay. part of it. Now we're still you alive. You something really interesting before, and, I, and I'd like to wrap up with that thought. Um, I did? That with all the darkness, there must be a lot of light ready to come in. Um, there's got to be a balance between dark and light. And yes, the balance is on the way. And I think this is part of it. Strap in, buckle up your seatbelts, put on your helmets. Next week's going to kick some serious AS hockey sticks. Be ready to dive into the deep well of consciousness. And the other thing you got to be is... Well, be well. You forgot the B. No, I, I, I said that at the beginning. Well, you said the B, but you said it before you did the finger thing. All right, go. Some people have to work for a living. I get it. I get it. You're an important guy. All right. Oh, well, we'll see. Um, nice talking with you, Dr. Yeah, Sandler. see you next week. I'll be here. Excellent. Bye. Bye.